Welcome to the Situation Update, special weekend edition for Sunday, September 18th, 2022. Mike Adams here. Thank you for joining me. I normally don't do a Situation Update on the weekend, but uh, I'm recording this Saturday evening, and I've been on the phone much of the day. For some reason, lots of different sources calling me, and also people sending me news items that are breaking. There's a lot happening behind the scenes. I want to share it with you now. So just going to jump into it. Uh, first, I've got new intel about uh, terrorists being tracked, moving into the European theater of operations. And these are Middle Eastern terrorists, Iranian uh, to, well, the, the vests are Iranian, but a lot of the terrorists are being recruited in Afghanistan. And they are carrying not just kinetic vests, but also uh, radiological. And there are rumors that some of the vests are biological weapons, but we know that some some of the vests are kinetic plus radiological, meaning they're dirty bombs. And imagine the chaos in Europe over the next few months if uh, not only they're dealing with the civil unrest from energy prices. I've got some news on that, too. Uh, and also, you know, food scarcity and people freezing to death because they're not allowed to heat their homes and things like that. But then you start having dirty bombs or uh, you know, explosive vests thrown into the mix in some of these protest crowds. So Europe is on the verge of uh, true, almost anarchy, if if not chaos, uh, over the coming several months. And a lot of the security issues have been thrown into disarray uh, because, of course, the the war, the Ukraine-Russia conflict, uh, the sending of uh, munitions and weapons to Ukraine from European countries, a lot of the domestic weapons supplies are being depleted, and some of the military personnel are also being, in essence, um, repositioned as advisors or trainers for Ukrainian troops. So Western Europe and the United States are running short of a lot of military supplies because of this war. Uh, just be on the lookout. Be cautious of being in any kind of crowded areas that could be so-called soft targets by any of these terrorists. And also... I've learned that some of these terrorists are planning on making their way to the United States uh, at some point. They're not just focused on Europe. They're coming to the United States. Okay, next item. This is finance and banking. This is actually the bigger story today. So not only are uh, silver sales exploding, and for some reason it's more silver now than gold, but maybe that's because people are aware that silver is a better bargain right now. The price is more suppressed than silver. But people are buying silver like crazy. Uh, one of the silver retailers I spoke with told me his phone is, quote, ringing off the hook. And that includes weekend and evening hours as well, not just during the weekdays. Uh, people, I, I said, well, what are people saying? He said they're talking about the uncertainty surrounding the end of September. And so you probably heard some dates that are coming up, and I, I don't know what's going to happen on these dates, but there's been a lot of talk about September 23rd or 24th, and then September 30th is the deadline that the Vatican put out there for all of the Catholic Church money to be transferred to the Vatican Bank. And, of course, there's been a lot of speculation of what what's that all about? Why does the Vatican want total control over their billions of dollars? They don't want any exposure in any other banks. Well, one of the answers may be what we talked about when I interviewed Tomas Malinen just the other day, the Finnish economist, and he said European banks have exposure 
to the industrial collapse of Europe that is already underway and is destined to get far worse because of the total shutdown of energy from Gazprom from Russia, you know, the natural gas. So the banking system of Europe is known to be very fragile and highly susceptible to systemic collapse. And now because of that, many people are buying silver and some gold, but more silver than ever before, and they're taking physical delivery. And this is true among the wealthy elite as well, because a lot of the silver vaults are being depleted. But now there's another angle to this that's come up, and that is banks are now trying harder than ever to prevent people from wiring money to silver retailers to purchase gold and silver more than ever before. And some of these people are experiencing crazy kinds of pressures from their bankers. Let's say they want to wire, I don't know, 100K or something, which in the world of gold and silver, believe me, is not even very much. But you want to wire 100K, and then your banker says things like, well, are you sure you want to send this $100,000 wire? I mean, do you know the party you're wiring to? Uh, how well do you know them? And, and they'll hound you. You know, the, there was even one case where a customer wanted to initiate the wire. The bank said they initiated the wire. And after pressuring the customer for a long time, they finally said they sent it. The customer leaves the bank, gets a phone call 10 minutes later from the president of the bank. And the president says, hey, by the way, I held the wire because I wanted to call you and make sure that you weren't under duress. I wanted to make sure that you weren't being forced. You know, has there been a kidnapping? Is, are you in trouble? Should we involve the police? Something like that. And the, the guy was like, for God's sake, send the wire. I mean, how, how many times do I have to approve the wire? Just send the wire. And then some of these banks are refusing to do so. They're saying, oh, we need more time. We need permission from higher ups in the company. You know, it's going to be delayed, whatever. So banks, at least some banks, are going crazy trying to prevent people from wiring their money out. And then now there are also rumors that other banks are changing their terms of service to say that they can limit your withdrawals based on market conditions or any kind of uh, events that might take place that might, how do they phrase it? where if you took money out, it could uh, accelerate or it could create vulnerabilities to the financial viability of the bank. In other words, some banks are changing their terms of service to say, hey, we're going to do bail-ins. That's exactly what they're saying. Oh, we could limit your withdrawals. Well, what does that mean? That's a bail-in. It's like, oh, yeah, you know your account that had a hundred grand in it? Yeah. Well, we consider it ours now, and we will allow you to take out However much we, we think is okay. Oh, you can have $500 a month. How, how's that? Will that work? Suddenly it's not your money anymore and you become a creditor of the bank, which is frankly what you are if you have deposits with the bank. Now, just for the record, I'm not against all banks. And, you know, small local banks especially provide an incredible service for communities. You know, when they're run honestly, banks are a necessary component of a free market economy. But especially some of these larger banks, I don't even need to name them. You know who they are. There's only about five in America. They're run by globalists. And it seems that some of them are preparing for massive bail-ins. So something is coming. And some of the banks know this is coming and they're changing their terms so that you can't get your cash out. Okay, think about that 
and think about why so many wealthy people are taking delivery of physical gold and silver. Now, by the way, before we move on, I've got other stuff for you here. Uh, our sponsor on gold and silver, which does not pay us a commission, they pay a flat fee to sponsor uh, Brighton or my podcast. It's the Treasure Island Precious Metals Company. You can reach them at metalswithmike.com. They've got physical silver. They've got delivery, ready to go, secured, guaranteed, insured, and also discreet. So give them a call. Metalswithmike.com will take you to their website. You can actually see their live pricing in real time. You can compare pricing. And they've got very competitive pricing, and, and they're very honest and reliable to work with, okay? So, and again, I don't earn a commission, so there's no markup or anything. of It's just great prices, honest delivery. Now, that said, it's my belief that we should all find ways to reduce our exposure to a systemic banking failure. Now, I don't think the banks are going to fail literally tomorrow, nor even in the next week. I'm not even sure what's going to happen here in September. It could be nothing, or it, I don't know, it could be everything. It could be really pivotal. I'm not sure. But I do know, because I've been doing this countdown to Halloween, I do know that if if the fascist deep state, or let's say the globalist controllers working with the deep state, if they're going to do something in America to cancel the elections, they're going to have to do it, I believe, before Halloween. So how many days is that? I don't know. Look at it, a calendar. It's like 40-something days, okay? That's the window of them, uh, their window, to cause something dramatic and, and catastrophic to cancel the elections. There are all kinds of possibilities of things they might do. One of those possibilities is a financial freeze or bail-ins or, you know, a currency reset or anything like that. I'm not saying that's going to happen in 42 days. I'm just saying that's on the menu of possibilities. They could also launch a war. They could do a, a cyber attack, false flag on the power grid, take down the electricity. There's all kinds of things they should do. Now, that said, I don't think that our Western financial system has much longer to survive. Uh, can it make it through this winter? Probably, maybe. Uh, European banks will likely start to fail by the spring of 2023, if not sooner. That's going to spread to the United States. We could see a lot of bailouts, massive government bailouts in Europe by the spring and then in the United States by the summer of 2023. And that's going to be combined with a lot of calls for more bailout money to cover more food inflation, energy inflation. You know, gas prices are going back up after the election because the petroleum reserves have been depleted. So, folks, <laughs> yeah, get ready. So the, the financial solvency of the Western banking system, it may hold together uh, it, or it may completely unravel sometime in the next, let's say, year or so. Now, it, it's always difficult to know the timing, so that's not a strict prediction. I'm just saying to reduce your risk, think about converting bank deposits into physical things. And I've, I've covered this a lot, but, you know, land and a roof over your head and, you know, a vehicle, a reliable vehicle, probably a diesel, by the way, so you can store fuel for it more easily. And then maybe some stored diesel and then ammunition and, and, and gold and silver and medical supplies and, you know, things that you can use. Things that are practical, things that you can barter also, like a bottle of ivermectin, for example. <laughs> Lots of things that you can get that are practical and that won't vanish 
if the banking system goes down because we don't know how long it has left. We really don't. Now, I've, I've authored an audiobook you've heard me talk about. It's called Resilient Prepping. I just want to remind you, the book is free. You can download the whole thing for free. All the audio files are available to download right now as MP3 files plus a transcript if you know someone who is hearing impaired. The full transcript is a PDF and it's printable. Large font size. Okay, so we all the books that I do like this, I give out for free, and I'm always making sure that we cover the hearing impaired because uh, I, I am sensitive to that, and you wouldn't believe how how much of our audience is actually hearing impaired. Now, we can't transcribe every podcast like this one, but we do it for the books. We do the best we can. Anyway, uh, Seth Holhouse, also known as Man in America, uh, he had me on, did an interview with me recently, and he was just so ecstatic about how good that book was. Well, he listened to the whole thing, and he's implemented some of the suggestions in that book. There's a really great chart, too, that's in the PDF, and the chart lists for every area of your life where you need to be prepared. The chart lists the high-tech solution, low-tech solution, and what I call the no-tech solution. And you need to be covered in all three ways for every area of survival, which is you know, self-defense, shelter, medicine, food, water, um, what else, money, you know, all, all these things. Okay, so it's all covered in that one chart. Anyway, I wanted to read you this testimonial that Seth Holhouse graciously offered us about that book. We're going to actually add this to the website, but here it is. This is what Seth thinks about the book. Quote, Resilient Prepping is one of the best and most comprehensive books on prepping that I've come across. It doesn't just teach you how to build a fire. It's real practical advice that's written exactly for the time we live in. I've studied prepping for many years, and I felt like my knowledge doubled after reading Resilient Prepping. The fact that Mike Adams gives this information away for free shows how much he wants to help humanity through the difficult times ahead. And again, that's Seth Holhouse, man in America. Rise.tv, I believe that's his platform. I want to thank Seth for that. I really appreciate that. Very kind to offer that. And a lot of people find similar value in this. In fact, I'm... I am about, you know, you know how I have suggested that people buy a tractor, even a small one, and then get a PTO-powered generator, such as the Winco generator, that's W-I-N-C-O, and then you can use your tractor as the engine for your generator. And then the generator is very, very inexpensive because it doesn't have an engine. You know, it's driven by the tractor, but the tractor has multiple uses, like moving dirt or, or pulling things out of the mud or whatever. You know, tractors are useful, growing food, you know. Uh, tilling, the dirt, moving water, all these kinds of things. You can get a PTO-powered water pump as well. So anyway, someone that you're about to hear from, because we're connecting an interview with this individual who is a world traveler slash survivalist, pretty amazing person. Uh, he wants to call me and ask me questions about that setup, about the tractor with the uh, the PTO generator, because I think he's come to the same conclusion. That's the best setup. It's it's the simplest way, the, the most uh, utilitarian type of uh, solution to that, to having backup power. And it's portable because you can drive the tractor around and you can haul this uh, generator on a little tiny trailer with wheels. It's not even a trailer. It's just a little platform with wheels, a single axle. So you can drive it around. So now you have a portable generator on wheels. As long as you keep feeding diesel into your tractor, you've got electricity. Well, you can bet there are going to be a ton of people all over Europe over the next six months that wish they had 
this setup, they, they wish they had even 500 gallons of stored diesel and a tractor and a generator because you could generate your own electricity for a fraction of the price that you're paying for it now from the German electric companies or the French electric companies or what have you. The electric companies are charging, obviously, insane rates. Oh, I wanted to talk about that, too. Reuters is even reporting now that in Germany, consumers are calling their electric companies and they are freaking out over the phone. They're either having these like panic sob story, like crying, breaking down on the phone, you know, like begging for help. Like, you know, I, I can't afford it. You know, how do I heat my home? What am I going to do? And so on. Or they're becoming aggressive and belligerent to the electric company, the customer service people, you know, like very aggressive language. Like, you know, ah, you know I'm not going to simulate that here, especially in German, but you get the idea. It's it's a bad scene, and it's only mid-September, right? So where do you think that's going to get in, let's say, January? Well, it's going to get to angry German people all over the streets. So Germany has already pre-deployed, and I think Gonzalo Lira mentioned this the other day in our interview, Germany has pre-deployed some kind of security forces to oppress any kind of uprising of the German people as they get angry about not being able to afford electricity and their homes get, you know, the power gets shut off. So it's like Germany is doing kind of what you might expect in communist China or North Korea. Like, hey, we're going to preposition troops to suppress our people because they're so angry because nobody can afford the electricity. Sure would be a nice time to have, you know, some solar panels, just a few, just a little EcoFlow, you know, solar generator device that I talk about, or a tractor with a diesel, uh, well, a diesel engine and a PTO generator, and you could, you could make your own electricity for a fraction of the price that it's, it's currently costing in the market. And by the way, if you're living in America, it's not too late to do this. Seriously, you can. There is a. I, I know there is a Winco. There is a 15 kilowatt. That's one five. 15 kilowatt model, and I own one of those, so that's kind of on the smaller side. And then there's a 50 kilowatt model, 5.0, and I own one of those too because I got different size tractors, and sometimes you don't need as much power. I should do a whole video on this actually, but the thing to understand is that for every kilowatt of power you produce with a PTO generator, you need about two horsepower of your tractor's power at the PTO. So Tractors are rated with power at the PTO. So a lot of tractors, the bigger ones, would have, let's say, 100 horsepower at the PTO. That PTO means power takeoff. That's the interface. That's the, you know, it's this, it's this drive shaft that plugs into the back of the tractor, basically. So with 100 horsepower there, you can generate about 50 kilowatts of power, which is a lot. Most homes don't need anywhere near that. So for 15 kilowatts, you only need a 30 horsepower tractor. And here's the best part. Check this out. You see the, the the resistance on the Winco generator depends on how much power you're drawing from it because, well, because of physics. So if you're only drawing five kilowatts of power, then you only need a 10 horsepower tractor. And you could still, you could buy a 15 kilowatt Winco generator, even if you only have, let's say, a 20 horsepower tractor or a 15 horsepower tractor, you could still use it. There's just a limit of how much electricity you can draw from that. 
So you can actually buy a relatively small tractor, and I've seen recently some of these tractors are only, I mean, even almost brand new, they're like $12,000, $15,000, something like that. I know Maybe you think that still sounds like a lot of money. It's not for a tractor, and it's not when you think about you know, having electricity. It's it's a cheap, it's a cheap solution. And then one of these Winco generators might only be a couple grand for the 15 kilowatt uh, option. I think I don't know how much they are, but let's say 2,000 to 2,500 dollars, something like that. And then you can just feed it diesel as you're using the energy. You know, the more electricity you use, the more diesel it uses. So if you if you're very cautious about how much electricity you use, you turn it off the lights. You know, you're not running hair dryers all day or electric ovens. <laughs> you know, build build a fire with a rocket stove outside. Like do a little bit of outdoor cooking instead of using electricity to cook everything. You can get by on a very small amount of electricity. You could use a very tiny amount of diesel to get you through most of the winter if you've got a non-electric source of heat such as a wood stove, for example, or anything like that, okay? Maybe I will do a video on this. I should just show you the whole thing. I don't know. It's just, I've got, in my mind, I've got like 15 other videos I want to do first, but whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I have so much I want to share with you, and I just don't have enough hours in my own day to get it all done. All right, so let me move on, and maybe I'll come back to that in another video. But here's the, here's the thing. America is now a zombie economy. Consumer demand is absolutely collapsing. And the consumer demand over the past couple of years was really driven by stimulus money. So it wasn't even money that people earned. It was money mostly that they were just given. All the, the stimmy checks were just handed out to people. And some of them are still going, by the way. And that's what was driving demand. Well, demand has collapsed. And it really happened in the past week, and it is spooky because I've been talking to business owners. You know, I mentioned restaurant owners the other day, talking to restaurant owners, talking to retail store owners, uh, smoothie shop owners, what have you. Um, people are telling me that the number of customers just dropped off in the last week, and they don't know why. And, of course, you and I know why. It's because they ran out of money. Everybody ran out of money. It's just like, boom, hit a brick wall. That's it. The stimulus money has run out. Consumer demand is plummeting. Well, that's what FedEx CEO, whatever his name is, forgot his name, his complicated name anyway. He said, what was it on Friday, I think, on CNBC? He said, yeah, worldwide recession because consumer demand for FedEx shipping is also plummeting. So FedEx is laying off people, you know, contracting their operations and probably we're seeing a similar thing with UPS as well. We know that Amazon is shutting tens of millions of square feet of warehouse space. They're shutting down entire buildings that they had previously leased or were even in the process of constructing. We know that retail sales are just collapsing. We know that housing is way down in terms of new mortgages, for example. Mortgage applications have just collapsed over the last several months. We also know the Fed is about to raise interest rates again coming up. In the next, well, I think this coming week. And the guess is they're going to raise it by 0.75%, but it could be 1%. Mortgage rates are already over 6% on average in the United States, which means they're probably going to head to 7%. And then 8 and 9 and so on. We're not, like, this is not going to get solved 
anytime soon. Mortgage rates are going to be over 10% before you know it, sometime early next year probably. So housing affordability is vanishing. People are running out of money. And the stock market is being propped up by the Fed, the Federal Reserve, printing money to buy stocks. So it's a zombie stock market. It's a reanimated financial zombie. No, seriously. Did you know the Fed is buying the stocks? Yeah, it's, it's not even a free market anymore. There's, it's not a functioning system. It is a zombie economy where the Fed prints money, hands it out to people to buy stuff, and even that can't keep the corporations propped up enough. So then the Fed turns around and buys the stocks of the corporations to prevent their stock prices from crashing and burning. But in the real world, real economic activity is collapsing across the board. Fewer people are buying things. Fewer people are employed to make things. Manufacturing across America, not just Europe, which is collapsing, but across America, manufacturing, laying people off. And there's so much over-inventory in the system right now, it's, it's freaking mind-blowing. Like this company, Scott's miracle Grow. You've heard of them. They're fertilizer products. And the story in the Wall Street Journal, from shortage to glut, Scott's miracle Grow is buried in fertilizer. Says Scott's ramped up production during the pandemic, then consumers shifted and retailers slashed orders, leaving a pile of inventory. It's now trying to dig its way out. Cash is dwindling. Nobody's getting bonuses. Manufacturing plants have been slowed. More layoffs are coming. 6% of the workforce already laid off. The company, says the Wall Street Journal, is in, quote, full-blown crisis mode. And the CEO, a man named Mr. Hagedorn, Hagedorn, he says, quote, I love working. But this isn't exactly the bleep hole I was planning to live in toward the end of my career, working my way, working my way out of a god bleep latrine. Yeah, this is the CEO. But that's what it is, and that's where I am. I mean, you don't hear a CEO talk like this to the Wall Street Journal normally. I mean, this, this guy's losing it. He's he's flipping out because they're buried in fertilizer which I know some of you listening to this, you're probably thinking, whoa, wait a second. Could there be liquidation sales on fertilizer? Because that actually sounds like a really good thing to do right now is stock up on fertilizer so that you can grow food next year as the food collapse accelerates. Maybe there will be massive liquidation sales on miracle Grow. I'm sure they're trying to get rid of pallets right now. If you have a connection, you could get pallets on the cheap. They might even practically give them away. You know, at some point, it's costing them just to stockpile the pallets of the fertilizer, right? And they, it's, they would rather just get that off their books, probably. So not a bad idea. Again, if you know somebody there, call them up. Hey, can I get a pallet? Can I just bring my truck and get a pallet of your fertilizer? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, of course, Scott's miracle Grow. that's not the only company that has way too much supply right now. So a lot of companies overordered. They've got too much stuff coming in, you know, stuff that people really don't need that much, which is the opposite problem of what we have at the Health Ranger store. We can't get enough in. We try. Believe me, everything we bring in and then, you know, it's gone because we package it into the Ranger buckets and then it's it's gone. <laughs> it's like the South Park episode. And it's gone. Um, that's what happens to us. But then 
in other categories of like fashion and household goods and appliances and stuff that people don't necessarily need right now, they're not going to die without it. Those sales are just collapsing across the board. Consumer demand has plummeted. So you see, the government could come along, and, and of course, they could print another round of stimulus checks. And I, I think, by the way, they need a false flag crisis as an excuse to print more money, to kind of keep the zombie economy going a little bit longer. Yeah, they can do that. It's like, hey, another hit of adrenaline, you know, in this junkie's heart. You know, see if we can keep it going. Well, you can, you can hit them with adrenaline a few times, maybe. At some point, you, you just got a corpse there. You know, at some point, the economy, the zombie economy just collapses. It's, it's beyond its, uh, fiscal viability, let's say. It's, it's, it's just a corpse. And we are very close to that moment right now. Very close. Europe is going to hit that moment this winter. For North America, it's going to take a little bit longer, but certain events could accelerate that timetable. I'll tell you what I'm doing, and then I'm going to wrap this up. I do not want to have any cash in the banks when the music stops. Unfortunately, I know I'm going to because I have no other way to operate without having cash flow and being able to, you know, have have money and make payments to vendors and so on because it's we make a lot of big payments to a lot of vendors because we're buying food all the time and other supplies like packaging and so on and we're paying salaries and all this. So we have to have a lot of cash. There's going to come a day when the music stops, we're going to lose all that cash. And so are you. Whatever you have in the bank, it's going to be essentially a bail-in. The bank's going to say, it's ours now. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, you thought it was yours. No, no, it's ours. We'll, we'll give it back to you slowly over time as the dollar just collapses in value. So basically, it's gone. Toast. So in the meantime, I am trying to translate dollars into things like for example you know i invested in my own business building a new building and pouring concrete and everything last year and that that took a lot of cash but that was a smart place to put it because that's not going to vanish right concrete in the ground steel buildings that's infrastructure not going to vanish but not everybody has a place to put cash like that that's also an investment sometimes you just need to take that cash out of the game and have it set aside so it doesn't keep losing money. That's what gold and silver are for. Or you might do that with land and some of the other hard assets that I've talked about. Some people are buying collectibles. Uh, collectible firearms, for some reason, are worth a fortune, or certain ones. Collectible stamps and things like that. Collectible coins, even numismatics. Some people are into that. But I think that collectibles could also suffer quite a collapse in value because some of the pricing of things like art is due to all the free money, the stimulus money, and the money printing that's been going on around the world. You take away the money printing, suddenly a lot of the money in the art world tends to dry up as well. And people are like, hey, that's no longer a $100 million beautiful canvas painting. That's like, you know, somebody exploded some paint on a canvas and called it art. It's not that doesn't look that great anymore suddenly when we're hungry. <laughs> when we need food and electricity, it's like, hmm, you know, instead of the splattered paint canvas, I sure wish I had a, you know, like an AR-15 and some ammo and some body armor right now as the riots are happening outside and the zombies are approaching. They're like, why did I buy that art? Man, what was I thinking? So I say, think about your priorities. Do what's right for you. 
reduce your own risk, and also do not forget about geography. If you are still for some reason living in the city, any city, anywhere in the world, mm, do what you can to get out or have a have a means to get out. I am absolutely convinced the cities are going to be such dangerous places to be. And some of them may be impossible to escape. And now if you're in a suburb, not in the inner city, that's a lot better. You still need a plan to bug out from there. If you're out in the country right now, that's awesome. But when you're out there, think about who's going to come that's the closest. Which city is going to unload and come near you looking for food or shelter or carrying out you know, looting raids and violent crime and so on. Is your is your town or your county, is it ready to handle that? You might only have like five people on the sheriff's payroll and two of them have been diagnosed with COVID. You know, what? how are you going to actually protect your small town or your, your little intersection, little corner of the county or whatever you have? Think about that. It's going to take some coordination. Oh, and, and one more thought. Have you noticed how so many vaccinated people are getting sick now? I mean, really, just deathly ill. The vaccine deaths are kicking in, folks. There's no other way to say it. And some countries are now banning vaccines either in children or in all people under the age of 50, which it was a European country that, was it Norway that just banned that? I'd have to check. No vaccines for people under 50. I mean, no COVID vaccines because the COVID vaccines are killing people. Excess deaths are skyrocketing in the countries with the highest vaccination rates. Yeah, yeah, the kill vector is accelerating. So do not be surprised. I mean, we've we've called this from day one, right? We've described exactly what's happening. And, and here we go. Over the following winter, or the coming winter, more people that you know who took the vaccine are going to be dead. And it's happening all over the world right now. High vaccine rates means high excess mortality from any cause. Of course, it's the vaccine. So, yeah, the kill vectors are kicking in. It's accelerating. Is there any hope for humanity? Well, I, I do believe so. That's not the subject of this podcast, but it's not the end of the world. You can survive this. You just got to get squared away. You got to be ready to survive off grid. That is off the grocery store, away from you know, banks and gas stations and governments and everything survive on your own for six months, maybe, maybe a year. Society is about to be taken down, an engineered or, or controlled demolition, followed by some kind of a reboot, some kind of resurrection on the other side or rebuilding or refounding. I don't know what that's going to look like, but if you want to be part of that, you got to stay alive through this crisis. This is going to be the toughest winter for humanity since probably 1945. So get ready, folks. Get ready. I'll have another update for you, of course, tomorrow, back on track, doing five interviews this coming week. And uh, some fascinating folks you're going to hear from. Trust me on that. You can check out all my interviews and podcasts, of course, on my channel on brighton.com. I'm also publishing on Rumble and BitChute as well. And I think... I think Odyssey, we're trying to get out to every platform. In addition, you can check out my articles, of course, on naturalnews.com. And if you want to support our operations, check out our online store, healthrangerstore.com. And once again, if you want to get some gold and silver physical in your hands, our sponsor is metalswithmike.com.
that takes you to the Treasure Island Precious Metals Company. Yeah, they can help you get squared away and answer all your questions. So, hey, folks, get ready. Take care. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. A global reset is coming, and that's why I've recorded a new nine-hour audiobook. It's called The Global Reset Survival Guide. You can download it for free by subscribing to the naturalnews.com email newsletter, which is also free. I'll describe how the monetary system fails. I also cover emergency medicine and first aid and what to buy to help you avoid infections. So download this guide. It's free. It's my gift to you simply because I want like-minded people to survive.